This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to episode 154, part five, folks, part five. All right, final piece of information here on Jakarta, because I want to take a look at this front-facing smart city portal that's what we're investigating and as time goes on i'll feature more smart cities around the world i mean the real anatomy of the smart city like we did with coral gables like we're doing here with jakarta and i know we see the videos of these real high-tech cities we're going to delve deep into dubai we talked a little bit about that we're going to look at these uh saudi arabia like long skinny cities i know there's videos out there and stuff that show them and how they're going to work and they're going to have flying cars but i really like to break it down and get into the anatomy of what they're actually doing what they're actually promising what services they're actually supplying to the citizens, you know, to the folks that live there. How are they interacting with the government? Is it a better system? Maybe living out in the woods like I want to do is not a good system. Maybe I want to live in a smart city, being surrounded by tech. Maybe being able to uh, complain to the government every five minutes on some mobile application is a better way to live. And so we're going to take a look at that we're going to start to investigate some of these smart cities not just highlight the world economic forum propaganda videos these high-tech videos that look like we're moving into the world of the jetsons or star wars or terminator i want to actually see how these cities work so we've got a handle here on jakarta and what they're doing right now i'm going over to we we-gov.org all right and this is a smart city portal and Right now, we're looking at Jakarta, right? It says there's 1 million users, 9 hours average complaint processing. Oh, that's not very fast, folks. And so, again, this is region, Asia, national GDP. We don't need a city population. We know it's about 10,500,000. Year implemented, 2015. And so it says here, project index and overview. And um, some of this we've read. It says, like many megacities and its size, Jakarta faces challenges in streamlining information among its departments and sharing the information with its citizens. With over 10 million people, the city understandably generates massive amounts of data. And yet prior to the city portal project, there was very little public access 
to such data. In addition, there was a reluctance for different city departments to share data, and in some cases when the data was shared, it was often incompatible among departments. So that's what I explained to you, right? So you have all this data coming in from different ways. You have file folders inside a filing cabinet. You have piles of files lining up on a lawyer's desk you have emails coming in text messages website contact forms third-party content um, uh, data coming in and you're trying to compile it all and then you're passing it over to the uh, paralegal you know over to the secretary in the office and you got to walk a file over to her forward an email here they want it all going into one place and be able to share that so that they can have a streamlined approach to government better serve the citizens it says launched in 2015 the main objective of the jakarta smart city portal was to create a platform to disseminate data to citizens and to increase government transparency and trust moreover there was an intention to increase citizen participation. It says the Jakarta Smart City Portal, all right, this is the front-facing website, the mobile application, was implemented to address these challenges through open data and has done so through some exceedingly innovative approaches. The project was put in place by an IT development team which takes charge of design and implementation. Integration of data among departments is a key feature of the project. API service allows various departments to integrate between apps and systems automatically or semi-automatically. All right, so this is now taking whatever, the, the, the garbage department, and over here is the healthcare department, and they're supposed to be able to seamlessly transfer data they can build different software for their departments different applications transfer data through the api goes on to say furthermore in the interest of co-creating solutions third parties such as companies startups and even hobbyists are able to collaborate if they wish right so that's what we saw with coral gables that's what I just explained here with Jakarta. You know, so people are supposed to be able to take data that the city is providing, like traffic cams or pedestrian cams, and then build applications around those things. Different companies, startups, they want all the tech startups coming in. The tech startups are really the one building the city. As we saw and I talked about with the opportunity zones, we know they freed up a lot of that technocrat cash by offering tax incentives, the technocratic private Investment money goes into the opportunity zones, a.k.a. smart cities, and now you see a lot of the technocrats moving their operations to Miami, to Coral Gables, to other places in Florida, places that want the tech companies coming in to help them run these uh, prison planets. It goes on to say... Internet of Things even allows integration on a hardware level. One example of how Jakarta Smart City Portal integrates several systems is its bus tracking system connection to Google Maps and two applications, Traffy and Apaya, which provide bus schedule services on their platform, right? So they're using Google Maps. We saw earlier they're using Waves, uh, Ways. They connect that all in and it allows them to supposedly overlay all these different softwares and use them together software integration stuff it says project planning and implementation before implementing this project indonesia already had a number of supporting laws for open data the data and information published on the portal is not confidential all the information published complies with indonesian government and open knowledge foundation regulations so 
all of the uh, pedestrian cams and facial recognition, everything that's being done as you're walking down the street, that's open data, folks. That can just be handed out to anyone and everyone. Now, as I told you, these systems are just so gigantic that the data does you as a citizen really no good. Total waste of time. It's actually them collecting it. And the only way to actually analyze and process and do anything with the data is to be partnered on a multi-billion dollar contract with somebody like IBM. That's why they had to build this huge system because otherwise the data you collect is just useless. All right. It says the government implemented a total of four and a half, roughly four and a half million dollars for this project. Additionally, the government worked in collaboration with private sector entities who provided training and technical guidance to govern uh, government employees. Now, I haven't looked into the budget, but if it's four and a half million U.S., it was sixty three billion uh, rupiah. I am guessing that that is four because they're discussing the portal only to build the portal. Remember I said if an independent company came in, that portal is going to cost five, 10, 15, 20, 30 million dollars. I mean, even more if it's going to work unless there's an out of the box solution, you know, like a Wix or a Squarespace for smart cities where you just click and you go plug in Google Maps, plug in garbage sensors, plug in pollution sensors, and it pulls all the data in and creates the various dashboards inside of this application. As far as I could find, that doesn't exist yet, and maybe it never will, because I have a sneaking suspicion that this is not about providing better, more streamlined access to the government. I don't think it is. It goes on to say the project includes resources for submitting citizen feedback based on the data. Local communities and citizens can file a report through the CLUE, the Q-L-U-E application, a smart city participation system application put in place in Jakarta in 2014. The Jakarta provincial government also supports the e Mushrenbang, M-U-S-R-E-N-B-A-N-G system, an online version of their earlier development planning assembly, the Musawara Parakanan Penga Bangin, which I'm sorry, which allowed communities to voice their complaints and suggestions to the government and allow them to participate in policy making. Again, it's this warm and fuzzy feeling, folks, that somehow you were being invited in to help shape the government. I mean, you elected them, you should be able to do this, but that's not really what this is about. It says project results. User experience is of great value to the creators of the portal. And so alerts were installed in the software to track and learn from how citizens interact with it. So far, this emphasis on being user-friendly has led to over 1 million views in a year. 1 million views in a year, folks. Is that page views? Is that page views? I I think the truepundit.com website that Mike Moore used to run was getting 1.5 million page views per day or per month maybe this is 1 million views in a year out of 10 million citizens meaning this could be the same 10 people viewing the website a hundred thousand times per year it says with nearly 70 percent of its usage occurring on mobile devices which is extremely prevalent in jakarta data sets that are often used are overlaid on a map for easy interpretation so they're 
spying on you <laughs> because they're geolocating you while you're interacting with this. It says, one example of a service on the portal which receives heavy usage is the set of online public CCTV, closed-circuit television feeds, which experiences high traffic in times of large-scale events in Jakarta. The new portal system has also integrated all public complaint handling and has reduced the process time to only nine hours on average with a completion rate of 88%. That's ridiculous. If I complain that the garbage truck isn't coming, it should be there within four minutes. You know, in a smart city, folks. Uh, no. So we're going we're gonna to take a look. We're, I'm going to finish this up. Uh, because we were specifically talking about the portal, then we're going to take a look at the portal, which I didn't do yet. I wanted this to be a surprise for me and for you, ladies and gentlemen. So let's unwrap that little surprise when we get back from this short break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain. Dot TV slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks. Let's take a look. Well, let's wrap this up first. It, 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 we're under the section here, project results. It says the portal system hopes to improve and enhance user experience by updating information more regularly, developing a more efficient filtering system and updating its interface for easier mobile navigation. Now, remember, when we took a look at the Coral Gable stuff, it didn't even work. I think the city application had only been downloaded a a few times it didn't work people were complaining that it didn't work you didn't get access to any information it turns out you had to download all these other applications to interface with third-party vendors that the city was using for parking meters and such and so there was no actual portal no actual dashboard no actual uh all-encompassing mobile application that interacts with the city and the city's government Goes on to say, in this process, the project has also encouraged numerous agencies in the government to prepare standardized data for the public and thus promote more accountability and transparency. One example is the establishment of an open government website for e-budgeting, which citizens can access to trace government spending. So if you want to know uh, how much it costs to build this whole smart city, you'll be able to do that, ladies and gentlemen. You'll be able to do that. Uh, it goes on to say uh, recommendations for transfer. A project of this nature heavily relies on the city's capacity to secure and continuously integrate new data 
Cities who wish to adopt similar projects should put in place an adequate legal framework that allows for dissemination of data. The project was also successful because information provided on the portal was utilized to push other government services or to collaborate with third parties who would use the data to enhance their own services. In Jakarta's case, the pre-existing interest in citizen participation systems and the already prevalent use of mobile devices made for a favorable environment to put this project in place. Now, we covered this in our data special yesterday, uh, that there's roughly two-thirds of the world population already connected on the internet with devices they've got over 50 percent of those connected into cloud services and they're going for a hundred percent folks so you can sit here in the united states and you you can laugh at these so-called third world countries these developing nations but uh, everyone's going to be connected to the internet and everyone's going to be up connected to the cloud that's just the way it is that's already been decided on top of it I hate to tell you, but a lot of the third world uh, shitholes, you'd call them, were actually indigenous primitive folks, you know, living in rural land. And we created the brand of third world nation so that we could get permission from the folks, you know, or cooperation from the military guys to go into these countries in cooperation with the International Monetary Fund, the Bank for International Settlements, and the World Bank to hijack them, to steal them, to take their resources, to take their land, to take control of their government, and then be able to integrate them, turn them into developing nations, second world nations, eventually first world. And once you hit first world status like the United States, it means that you are a complete and total technological shithole you are locked into the prison planet system that's what we did here the united states in cooperation with the world powers like the bank for international settlements the imf and the world bank that's what we did folks i mean let's be honest about it let's be completely honest about what's going on first world status means you are part of the technocracy now i saw on jakarta's government website and I've seen in some other links I was looking at, all right? The Jakarta Smart City website is smartcity.jakarta.go.id. All right? And for you folks at home that want to play along, it is smartcity.jakarta.go.id. This is what I was able to find everywhere. So I clicked the link. And it didn't seem to be loading. And uh, we are here. You can see the address bar up at the top of the screen. Now, I, I didn't do this live again because when you click it, the page loads for about five minutes before it comes up. And it says, this site can't be reached. Smartcity.jakarta.go.ie took, took too long to respond. So apparently, it doesn't work. Or... I don't know. We can't access it because we're in the United States, but it doesn't work. I've accessed other websites in Jakarta with no problem, but the smart city portal, ladies and gentlemen, does not work. I wanted to get in here and play around with this thing and uh, see what it looks like, how it compares to Coral Gables. I've also went and looked for other smart city portals 
from other countries and other cities other than Coral Gable in, in the United States here. And guess what? They don't exist. So if any of you folks in the audience, I'm putting a call out to you, can get through to smartcity.jakarta.go.id, please let me know how to do so. I also did some additional research on some other websites for the fact that Jakarta's Smart City app was not working. And I found people talking about that it wasn't working. I found other people that said they were able to access it, but it doesn't really work. Uh, I'm over here at uh, bootcamp.com, or sorry, bootcamp.uxdesign.cc, and these folks are actually making suggestions on how to rework the Jakarta app so that it works better, looks better, and is actually functional. So I'm going to take a look at that over the next break and see um, see if we can't figure out how we can access this Jakarta Smart City app because I'd love to see what a smart city um, what a smart city portal actually looks like. I mean, considering the fact that they're installing thousands upon thousands of sensors all around the city to monitor you to provide you with better city government, I'd love to know exactly what's your uh, getting in return. Now, I decided we'd use this as a teaching moment, folks. We're talking about IBM and all the creepy stuff that they're building for the city of Jakarta, and they're partnered with many other um, smart cities as well. And so I, I pulled this up. This was a New York Times bestseller called IBM and the Holocaust, all right? I'm over at Wikipedia, uh, and let's take a look. I haven't looked at this in many, many years. So I said, what the heck? Let's put it in here since we just talked about the wonderful IBM that's helping create all of these uh, all of these smart cities, building out the analytics, the processing, the data warehousing for them. It says right here, IBM and the Holocaust, the strategic alliance between Nazi Germany and America's most powerful corporation is a book by investigative journalist and historian Edwin Black, which documents the strategic technology services rendered by United States-based multinational corporation International Business Machines, IBM, and its German and other European subsidiaries for the Nazi government of Adolf Hitler from the beginning of the Third Reich in January 1933 through the last day of the regime in May 1945 at the end of World War II. Published in 2001 with numerous subsequent expanded editions, Black outlined the key role of IBM's technology in the Nazi genocide by facilitating the regime's generation and tabulation of punch cards for national census data, military logistics, ghetto statistics, train traffic management, and concentration camp capacity. Now, I know, I know it's a sensitive subject to you folks out there. I get it. I get it. I don't necessarily believe the official narrative as well. Some of you are going to sit there and go even as far as to say, like, 
Adolf Hitler was actually a good guy. I've heard all your arguments. He was just trying to save Germany. Uh, not as many people died in the Holocaust as they said. You know, I've heard all different sides. I've watched a lot of documentaries. I've read a lot of books. I have my own opinions on much of this. Uh, I even believe myself, maybe, that Hitler was put there on purpose so that we could utilize this to start World War II, go in there, and then push these so-called post-war policies like the Marshall Plan to bring American mass production and mass consumption into Europe and then start to control some of these other countries. Then we use the communists you know, to control the countries and then eventually have the Cold War that expands over decades. You know, there, there's all sorts of theories. But let's take the official narrative, right, that Adolf Hitler was this bad guy and he kills 6 million Jews. That's the official narrative. That's what you learned in school. That's the government's narrative. That's the propaganda. That's the brainwashing. So Hitler is this bad guy, all right, who's partnered with IBM. We're going to go through this, go through this book here. He's partnered with IBM, and they are helping him with tabulation of punch cards for national census data, which, by the way, Technocracy Inc., coming out of Columbia University at the time that IBM had an office there, was also working on this punch card system under the energy certificate system I talked about. Hmm, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. By the way, these guys all run by and you can show connections to the Rockefellers. And many people believe they were possibly behind Hitler as well. I mean, folks, it's not a far stretch to think this because you can just look at the connections. But you've got Hitler working with IBM, helping with the punch cards, helping with military logistics, ghetto statistics, train traffic management. All right, those weren't the trolleys. And uh, concentration camp capacity. So even if you take the official narrative that Hitler was a bad guy, IBM's partnered with it, wouldn't you then also be the same people saying, wait a second, IBM is now helping smart cities do exactly what they were doing with Nazi Germany in partnership and cooperation with the bad guy, Adolf Hitler. Now they are doing the same thing, just with more technology, more advancements, housing data, tracking people, scanning faces, sorting and analyzing, processing and accessing the data that they're collecting everywhere. Is this not just the same system they built for Adolf Hitler and the Nazis multiplied times a million? I mean, some might want to ask that question. Some might want to bring this up. People like me, is it not the same exact thing? So if you want to be on the side of saying, well, Hitler was a good guy and he was, okay, well, then what he was doing with IBM was that good? So now IBM is helping build the smart cities and the trackers and everything else. Then you can't complain about that, can you? Because if they were doing it with Hitler, or they're doing it now, and you think Hitler is good, then are they not working with World Economic Forum, Bank for International Settlements, International Monetary Fund, World Economic Forum, all these guys? Then is what they're doing now not a good thing? No, because you're going to have to live under the system, and you don't like it. So let's just go with the official narrative for now as we explain what IBM was doing in cooperation 
with Nazi Germany because I think you should look at the history of the company and what they were building, you know, almost a hundred years ago, and then be able to put that in context with what they're actually building and implementing today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back to break this down for you. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 